So let's talk today about risk management and creativity. And I came up with this topic sort of sideways. I put out this newsletter and I wrote one piece about risk management and family and another piece about the habit of creativity. And they're deeply and intimately related. And here's how. First of all, creativity and risk management are both habits or things that we learn about in the zone of resilience. So if we're gonna have a resilient family or a resilient relationship or resilient children, these things are gonna show up one way or another. The second part is, I'm just setting a timer here because I don't wanna go on forever and ever. Y'all know I love to talk. The second reason why they're deeply related though is that you can't be creative without taking risks. And if you wanna manage risk in your life, the more creative you are about it, the more opportunities you're gonna have. Let's start on that end of the pool. So risk management, what is it? Risk management, you have a choice in life. You could have zero risks and zero opportunities. And so zero risks would mean that you're going to sit at home and be fed and never have interactions with other human beings and probably never work and you'll just be a plant. But even a plant is, under, is at risk, right? A plant is at risk that someone's gonna step on it. A plant is at risk that an asteroid is gonna fall from the sky. There's always risk. Risk is the possible negative outcomes that can happen. And with possible negative outcomes, with risk comes opportunity, the possible positive outcomes that can happen. And so if we decide that we're not gonna be vegetables, uh, and actually this is a great subject for what we're all experiencing now, I'm looking for my mask. If we decide that we're not gonna stay at home all the time, but we're gonna put on our masks and take a risk from time, go out into the world and take a risk. Ooh, you know, we might get the COVID. Then we have opportunities. We have the opportunity to actually see people face to face and talk to them. I can't tell you how refreshing that is even to go to the grocery store and have an exchange with the cashier can be such an up today when our lives, our experience of other people is happening in such a limited sphere. So I'm, it's COVID time and I'm at home. So if you hear background noise, you hear background noise, just it, this isn't a professional production. It's a gift of love. Okay, so on the simplest level today, putting on your mask and going into the world is a risk. And uh, many people right now are facing the opportunity for their children to go to school. In fact, I've got a child going to college. I was at the grocery store talking to, what was her name? It was, uh, it was with a C, I think it was Cynthia. No, oh, I've forgotten her name, so terrible, such a lovely woman. So I was having a, a conversation with this one at the grocery store and I was saying, yeah, my daughter's going to college. And she said, she gonna have a roommate? I said, yeah. And she says, and you're letting her go? And I said, yeah, I'm letting her go. And she was like, wow. And I said, I'm letting her go because what's the risk for her? 
She's 18 years old. She hasn't got any pre-existing lung conditions. She's not morbidly obese, which is another thing apparently that COVID really loves and people who are who are a lot heavier are at much higher risk with COVID. She doesn't have any of the any of the things that would put her at high risk. So the worst thing that can happen to her is she goes to college and she gets the virus. And then she's got to be quarantined for a couple of weeks as it passes through. Now, that's not actually the worst. That's the worst thing that can happen to her. But she heard that and she said, I like your attitude. I like the way you're thinking about that. That's a risk management stance on going to college. But does it stop there? No, the risk is that she's gonna to go to college, get the virus and bring it here. Now, the good news is no one in this household is at high risk. And so we're okay with that. But the bad news is that we are in touch with our parents who are at high and see them from time to time who are at high risk. So what's happening essentially is by my daughter going to college, the risk level has gone up for the people that we love down the line. And so as risk managers, we need to be super aware of how she's feeling, what's going on, when she comes to visit, how long are we gonna wait between when she comes to visit and when we go to visit them, for example. Are we ever gonna let her go directly from college to them? Probably that would be very unwise. And these are questions that are in the realm of risk management. Now, if we wanted to bring creativity into that conversation, which we do, right? Creativity is awesome. If we wanted to bring creativity into that conversation, we might have a whole new realm of possibilities. That's a super rational approach to risk management. We're gonna think through the possibilities and what just not gonna take the risk. And what we know is when we decide to just not take risks, we don't have opportunities. We also know that our life gets a lot drier and a lot less exciting, right? Why do people go to theme parks or to roller coasters? Because the excitement of the risk of that roller coaster just gets them off. Now, even most roller coasters are tested and uh, examined and made sure that they're sound, but we all know that every now and then there's a story of a roller coaster going off the rails. And that you would think that would be the nightmare of theme parks, but I suspect that actually it is the possibility that roller coaster is gonna go off the rail that makes the roller coaster exciting for people. So people consider a roller coaster a safe risk. They get to experience the thrill of risk without actually having it, but there is in fact a risk there. That's what makes it the thrill of risk. All right, let's go over to the creativity side. Before I bring creativity into the risk management conversation, let's talk about what is creativity. Creativity, I'm moving to the other side of the screen for those of you who are seeing me on Facebook. The creativity is when we take things that are conflicting and bring something new out of it. So you can think of creativity as, oh, I have a pen and a paper and I'm drawing something and that's very creative. And it is creative, but what, but what makes creativity, what makes something creative and new is the risk. So whenever you put pen to paper, you're taking the risk that that line isn't going to go the way that you want it to. You're taking the risk that somebody's going to look at it and say, oh, what a horrible doodle. Or is that somebody's going to, there's a risk involved of some kind. There's a, a, a potential conflict. And what we know about creativity also is that when something that's created contains an inherent conflict in it, it's actually more dynamic and exciting. So let me give you some examples. 
think about your favorite piece of music, whatever that is. And now think about what is it about that piece of music that you really love? And I guarantee you that if you go through that piece of music, what makes it something you love is gonna be that it has some kind of contradiction in it. Whether it be heavy metal or hip hop or Beethoven, classical music, there's always some kind of contradiction inherent in the music. It's, if the music were all one note, you'd be bored to death. But because it's got different notes, most of them harmonious, some of them not harmonious, it's interesting. The in, is what's interesting about it is it has contrast. When you look at a work of art, I've got a friend who takes pictures. Yesterday I, yesterday, I took a risk and I went to an art opening and I went with my mask and it was outdoors. And so it was relatively safe. And that's not the point though. My, the point is my friend, Arnold Kastenbaum, you can look him up. He's a known photographer. Arnie Kastenbaum does work that's black and white. And yet they're, they're, and it's very symmetrical for the most part, not always though, but there's always a tension in it of some kind. And there's always an intellectual twist to it. And there's something, the pieces that really work are the ones that have some kind of, the contrast of black and white is the basis. There's a contrast of black and white. The ones that really work though, are the ones that are an image of one thing that are conveyed as another. And I was looking at this picture he had taken and he had called it uh, stairs, um, stairs at the Met or something like that. And it turned out that it was a picture and in the background was something that looked like stairs, but they weren't stairs at all. There was one stair step in the whole picture and the background was something completely different. And so what was really interesting about it was that, that there, what appeared to be stairs actually weren't and what was a step actually didn't appear to be. And so there was a dynamic in it, a conflict. It's a black and white picture. This is like what makes creativity fly. And by the way, the only difference between destructive conflict and creativity, oh, my dogs are rolling in the background there. The only difference between constructive conflict and creativity is the feeling that you bring to it. So when you get into a discussion with someone about something you disagree about and you both come at it angry and positioned, the result is destructive conflict. When you both come at it willing to look at your underlying premise or belief and get off your position and seek to understand one another, in that understanding is creativity. All right, so you're, you're getting it now. Creativity, really vital. Risk-taking, really vital. You can't get into understanding another human, human being without taking the risk that you're gonna become positioned and slam into each other, which we see happening in our culture all the time. We see it happening in politics. We see it happening on the news. We see it happening on the street. People just taking a position and yelling at each other instead of seeking to understand one another or even indicating that they hear each other. So creativity and conflict deeply interrelated. Risk management and creativity deeply related together. So let's talk about risk management first in the context of creativity, since that's the part of the swimming pool I'm in right now. And then we'll bring creativity back into the risk management side.
every time that we speak to another human being, we're taking a risk. The risk is, is it going to be creative or destructive? Oh, think about that. And part of what makes low, part of what lessens the risk for us is the energy or feeling that we bring into that conversation. So when I went to the grocery store, the first thing I did was I greeted, I'm going to call her Cynthia because I can't quite, I haven't, still haven't remembered her name, lovely woman. And Peter was the bagging guy. I greeted them and I took a risk. Uh, I said, hey, how are you? And the risk was they went, uh. but they said, great. And, I, and they said, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm freaking awesome because you're doing great. And they love that response. Now I took a risk by saying they could have said, oh, really? If I had said I was bad, how would you be? Right. They could have gone there with it, but they didn't. Every conversation has risk in it. And every time we take that risk, there's an opportunity for an opening. And what happened was in that opening, we had this whole conversation with my daughter going to college that I relayed to you. I'm not going to spare you that conversation again. And it was a really fun conversation back and forth. And we actually learned from each other in the process. We were creating. And the whole time we were taking the risk that we might step on each other's toes. A man and a woman talking. Well, possible conflict based on gender. Um, African-American, Caucasian, another possible conflict based on race. Uh, could be that one of us is wealthier than the other. Possible class conflict. What if one of us is queer? Possible, and the other one's straight. Possible conflict. And we don't know any of these things when we walk into it. But the possibility, the risk, the risk is there. But because we want to be creative, because we want to create uh, love, harmony, joy. We want to have growth in our lives. We want to have positive actions. We take the risks. And when we're not, when we're feeling risk averse, when we're feeling afraid, well, then our life gets a whole lot less creative, doesn't it? All right, let's take creativity over into the zelm, the zelm, <laughs> the zone or realm of risk management. So let's go back to the story of my daughter going to college and how, what are some creative solutions to the risks there? Creative solutions to the risks could be that were my daughter to want to visit her grandparents, having been in this very diverse environment where her risk of getting COVID has been radically increased from isolating with us, she could choose to wear a mask when she sees them and maintain a distance of six to eight feet when she sees them. She could choose to only see them outdoors. We could enforce that. What are some other things? We could have um, a thermometer and test her temperature and make sure that she's okay. We could be checking in with her to see how she's doing and what's going on in the community. We could be monitoring the school where she's at to see if there are any COVID outbreaks so that we have an idea of how safe the school is. These are all creative ways that we can better manage the risk of her coming back home from going to college. And so this whole issue of how do we reintegrate into as a, as a society in the short term is really about risk management. Now, if you're 72, your risk management opportunities are much diminished because you're at high risk. You then have the choice of 
saying, I'm going to limit my interactions with other people, or I'm going to be super careful about my interactions with other people. I'm only going to have personal interactions with people who I know have been quarantining and taking very good care of themselves. How would that person get creative? Well, some of the creative ways that we've managed it is what we're doing right now. Here I am, I'm talking to you on Zoom. We can talk to each other on Zoom. We used to talk on the phone. Um, other creative ways is that you can meet with people outdoors and maintain a certain distance from them. That's creative. You could go back old school into sending cards and writing letters. And actually I have this kind of insane urge to send people cards because nobody does it anymore. And because there's something very personal about it and something very safe about it. There, what kind of creativity could we bring into it? Uh, you know, my mother who is 78 could volunteer to play video games with my daughter who's 18. Apparently, like I don't know this because I'm not young enough to have done it. Apparently you can put on a headset and have play games live with each other and have a whole different kind of experience. There's, the more willing we are to stretch our gray matter, the more creative opportunity there is in safely taking risks. I feel like I'm at a, an important pause here. So what does it mean to us Uh, how do we develop, how do we develop creativity and how do we develop safe risk management practices, I guess, is the final piece to this. Developing any resilience habit is the development of a habit. Let's say that you're in a marriage and that marriage really hasn't been good for a while. Let's get off COVID and get into something a little more common. Let's say that you're leading parallel lives that you look over and you wonder who that person is in the bed in your bed with you like you the person you fell in love with does not appear to be that person. Let's say that whenever you talk you're having a lot of destructive conflict and so you're really averse to taking risks and you're and when we're averse to taking risks when we're afraid when we're angry or we're feeling like victims or we're living in blame, there is very little urge to be creative. Let's say, I've gone all fuzzy. Let's say that you're finding all your satisfaction and joy in your individual work or with your children or with your family members outside of your marriage. Or let's say you're concerned that your spouse is finding their individual joy with someone else completely. Maybe they're, maybe you're concerned that they have a friend that they are emotionally intimate with in a way that they shouldn't be, that feels like it's a breach of your marital contract or covenant. The things that I'm describing here are not uncommon. Like I get clients all the time who come to me with exactly these issues. It's, it's kind of surreal how common it is. And I think it's because when we have children, we get fall in love, we get married and we have children. And once we have children, it becomes like tag team wrestling. It's like, okay, you got the kids now. I'm going to pursue my individual joy. Okay. I'll take care of the kids. Now you go pursue your individual joy. And we forget all about the relationship, the marriage, that, that it needs to be resilient and whole. And what happens is 
the tag team wrestling thing makes a lot of sense because the kids get taken care of and we get out external joy and satisfaction and rest we get to take care of ourselves on some level but when we stop nurturing that marriage we start slipping into the parallel life thing or maybe it's not even parallel maybe we're on different lines moving further and further apart which is even worse than parallel i can't remember what that's called in geometry i'm going to look it up for the next time i do a podcast or a video blog or facebook live it's super common. How do you bridge that with risk-taking and creativity? And this, the answer is that you take really small risks. I mean, the first risk might be that you just wanna talk a little more. And if you, you know, that sounds absurd to me uh, coming out of my mouth. Like if you're in a relationship where nine times out of 10 and you talk, that you talk, what comes out of it is conflict, destructive conflict. Why would you want to talk? So you'd want to take a really small talking risk. It might go like this. Honey, tell me what was good about your day. Right, so you've minimized the risk because you're framing the question as, what was good about your day? So you know that you're both on these hopefully parallel, parallel lives, not divergent lives, and you're getting your individual satisfactions in other places. So you're asking them to share what was good about their day. And when they tell you, you just wanna reflect it back to them. And if they're really aware, they might ask you what was good about yours. But if they don't, maybe you don't wanna say anything. Maybe you want to wait till they ask. I mean, don't just volunteer it because they may not, they, they, it may be that it doesn't feel safe enough for them to hear that from you yet. And maybe every day you just start out with, honey, tell me what was good about your day until they ask you what was good about yours. And you just talk about the good stuff. Now that's not going to fix this gaping rift that's evolved from leading these from tag team wrestling and leading parallel lives it's not going to fix it, but it's going to pull you a little closer. It's a slightly create, it's a creative way to take a risk in a relationship that's got a lot of breakdown in it. Another way you could be creative is find out what their love language is. Um, and if you don't know about love languages, look up the five love languages and there's a free love languages test you can take. And you want to find out what your love language is and what their love language is. And I highly, uh, I can't remember the name of the author who did the five love languages. It might come to me before I end this, but I highly recommend that you take a look at this and you might just start nurturing each other's love languages. Again, that's not going to fix the rift, but it's going to move you from being far apart to being a little less far apart. And, you know, ultimately you're probably going to want to get some help with this. Sometimes, the creative answer is to bring in someone else. I mean, it really depends on how far apart you are. If you're not having a ton of destructive conflict, these techniques might really work for you. If you're having a lot of destructive conflict, they may not. And if you wanna learn more about how you can get mentoring and help, tag me, direct message me, email me at rich at richinrelationship.com and we can exchange some ideas. It's like not a charge thing. This is a give back. And the reason why I give back like this or do these Facebook lives or do these podcasts or video blogs or whatever, however you're coming across this, is that my parents 
uh, were in highly destructive conflict and it was so painful for me as a child and for my brother. And we, we didn't know what to do. And so I want to help people, not just because I want to help people, but pretty typically people who are in this position have children. I want to make sure that your children are not collateral damage. And I really don't care whether you're working with me or working with someone else. I want you to get into a position in your life where your children are no longer collateral damage. So I don't want your children to go through what me and my brother went through. And I, and I want you to not longer have the experience of being in a high conflict experience or a highly dis, or a destructive uh, conflict. And I want you to start to have this experience of a creative conflict where creativity comes out of it. But it's about risk management is such a big part in coming back from that precipice to a place where you can meet and share and go from singing divergent tones to singing harmony. All right, it's been a good amount of time. I think I've gone way over here. Uh, reach out to me any way that you would like or find someone else that you feel safe with. Don't stay in those parallel lives, in those divergent lives. Do something about it. Claim your joy. Claim your joy. We're all born into this life to know joy and claim it. Have an awesome, awesome morning, evening, day. And thank you for listening.